It's time to get it, and you know how we get it. Americano! The podcast about all things business and personal growth with your host, Eric Vonheim. Today, I would like to welcome Michelle Moscato to the show. Michelle, how are you doing? I am so good. I'm so excited to be talking to you over the phone. I am just, I'm thrilled to be here. Me too, because you have this like amazing energy about you. Um, I've been following you for a number of years, not stalking, but following your your Instagram Uh, content and everything that you're doing. And you just exude this energy and vibrance to you. So it's it's great to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm actually pretty honored that you, um, we'll just call it stalking. <laughs> but I'm very honored that you uh, reached out to me. So I'm excited to talk with you today. Absolutely. So for our audience that's listening, um, share with them, where are you calling in from today? I am from the coolest place on earth, Houston, Texas which was a pun because it is hot as heckles um, out here right now. Uh, The summers are insane, but that's where I'm at. Staying inside, nice and cool, because it is like Death Valley outside. Death Valley. So is it fairly common that most people that are in Houston, Texas, this time of year are sort of staying indoors, or are there some people that are just taking chances driving around out there? (laughs) Um, most people, I mean, besides the day to day, but most people try to find things indoors or they're, um, by the pool, but they don't go to the pool until evening because it's just, it's that miserable outside. And it's really cool because they do have some really cool things to do. Like they have really awesome, you know, Texans love their beer. And so they have really cool breweries out here, but it's honestly too hot in the summer. So a lot of outside stuff is actually very quiet in the summer so it's kind of the norm out here i see or it sounds like it might even be fairly european-ish where the uh the city comes to life late at night right yeah late at night and a lot of um, Houstonians actually do most of their vacationing in the summertime <laughs> uh, they're out of there <laughs> and, yeah and they honestly take about like i have never experienced this as a coach um in summertime you know being you know from california that I mean, California is a, a vacation state, sort of say, and Houstonians they take like four to five vacations in the summer. It's just like the norm mm-hmm. um, during that time. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. Now, speaking of California, you're originally from California, correct? Maybe you can share with our listeners a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and so on. Yeah, so I am a proud West Coast gal, born and raised in um, Southern California, and I actually grew up. Um, my childhood was kind of split, but I'll just, um, make it easy, but, um, a small town called Beaumont, California, which is the IE, the Inland Empire. If anybody understands California, they will know what the IE is. Um, so very small town. And then I went to college outside of LA in a very small city, Whittier, um, called Whittier College, but Whittier, California. And then I made my way to like the OC um, Huntington, you know, Laguna, Newport, all of that, that stuff. That's where I kind of ended, ended up. So, um, that's like where I'm, that's where I'm from. Those are your um, roots. Those are my roots. Now, the, my roots. Like, now, now the city that my, you were, you originated in, that's, is that fair to say that's out by the, the famous Cabazon outlets? Is that the yes. area? Yeah. So, um, people always tease me when I'm like trying to explain where it's from. I'm like, okay, you guys are driving through, there's these little small towns before you hit the Cabazon Mall. Do you remember those? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, it's like a split second. They're like, yes. Okay, that's where I'm from. Like, 
it is a beautiful small town though. It's very, and that's what I really miss a lot is just the mountains are my backyard. And, um, it was, it was small, but I, I didn't mind small, you know, mm-hmm. at all growing up. I kind of enjoyed it actually. Um, my family, my family's from Portugal. So hence the name, my name is, you know, Portuguese, which opens up a lot of conversations because everyone loves them some Moscato. You know what I mean? Yes, but absolutely. It, um, <laughs> um, but, um, so they actually moved, I don't know why they chose Beaumont, California, to be honest, but they, they like, you know, all have their green cards and, and all of that and had the learning, you know, so they, yeah. that's where they just originated and then it just kind of grew from there. That's fantastic. Well, we're glad that they did. And, um, because of that, you're here and, uh, obviously you're continuing on this journey. So you, you grow up in a small town, you move into Orange County, uh, you, you know, go through college and all these things. What is the profession that you end up in? Because, you know, what we're going to talk about today is really your, one of the things is your passion for fitness and health. Uh, and you know, there's really two components, right? There's the body and then there's the other part, which is the mind, which I know you're very passionate about in helping others. Right. Let's start with the, right. the physical yeah. aspect of things. Did you, um, nat- naturally gravitate towards uh, a background in uh, kinesiology or something to that effect? Yeah. So my story is rather, um, cool. I like to say is that, um, I actually was a basketball player, but I did not due to just you know, we all have our struggles, but due to crazy childhood stuff, I, I, I wasn't really in sports until in high school. And so I started playing basketball in high school, just really just to get out of, to not have to go home. So I just kind of tried out and uh, went from there. And so I was a very late developer when it came to um, basketball, but basketball opened up so many doors. Like I am Mm -hmm. so grateful from there, I played in college, and then I actually played overseas for a while. Um, what in country? Europe, I extended my career. Um, I started out in Denmark, and I and because I was able to play as a, a European as well, because I'm from my family's from Portugal, and I'm like the first generation of them. So I played um, in Denmark for a little bit, a lot of tournaments in Germany, but I was the longest in Portugal um, for two years. So I actually got to play for the country that my family's from. So. Um, all in all of that, I started falling in love with the body and performance, mm-hmm. um, because I was such a late developer, you know, I had coaches that would tell me you're not going to go far cause you're, you're too small or whatever. And so, um, I was, I was the type of person that you tell me I can't do something. I'm going to do whatever I can to prove it. Right. Yeah. So, um, I started getting in the weight room in my junior college years and, um, that's when I started like falling in love with just the body mechanic and what it could do. Cause it was like enhancing my performance. And I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. I mean, I was still a little baby college girl, you know, just trying mm-hmm. to find her way. How young were you at this I time? Started, uh, 19. No, I'm sorry. Like 19 to 20, 21. Yeah. In my juco years. And then, no, I would say 19, 19 and 20. 19 and 20. Then I transferred to, yeah. And then I transferred to Whittier, um, in their kinesiology uh, program, and I was just madly in love with like mechanics of just like performance. I was in love with performance, and mm-hmm. it was because I—that's all I did. I was like the gym rat. I was the girl that just didn't. I didn't care if I socialized too much. If you were in the gym, I'm gonna socialize with you. If you need to find me, there I was in the gym practicing, practicing, practicing. So. Um, really fell in love with just the idea of becoming the best you could be. And that got me 
to get overseas. Mm-hmm. And in 2007, I tried out for the Spark, which at the time the WNBA was a little bit bigger. But I tried out for the Spark before I actually went to Europe just to see if I could hang. Right. Because, you know, when you're always like a big fish in a small pond, you're kind of, you kind of don't doubt yourself, but you're like, but I've always been to smaller schools. Like I can't, I mean, I didn't play division one or anything like that, but my coaches are like, nope, you're going to go for it and just see how you do. Yeah. It's, it's good to see where you, where you are at in comparison to your peers, right. In different categories. Absolutely. And in uh, maybe programs that have like all the elite athletes, I would say, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of being the elite athlete of your program. And so it was really interesting and um, it opened up just the doors to overseas. And then that's how my overseas uh, journey began. So I graduated with my kinesiology degree, but then I traveled for a while, you know, playing and I was back and forth grinding through like being an overseas player, which is is an amazing experience, but it isn't the easiest. Um, It's really cool. I mean, it's really cool to me that at such a very young age when most are, focused on, you know, clubbing and going out and partying and really is sort of trying to figure out life. You had some clarity on what you were passionate about around fitness and performance and how you can make adjustments to your body to get different results. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that. It was, I think the way I, I grew up, I was doing everything in my power to not ever be in that situation again. And so when I found the passion of what I found, it was just like diving a hundred percent and just engulf it and be a sponge. And, but I was all over the place too, you know, trying all these things and, you know, you're just experimenting like crazy and I'm a learner personality. So I wanted to be in any sort of situation I can learn, which is why I was always on the gym or always in the gym, asking coaches, you know, hanging out with strength and uh, strength and conditioning coaches, hanging out with weightlifting Mm -hmm. coaches, just hanging out with them and being in that setting so that I can just learn and learn and learn and learn and learn and learn. Right. I was just like a little sponge, you know? So um, you, so you soak up all this knowledge around fitness. You, you have some clarity very young. And then at some point you make some decisions as to, you know, when you move away from basketball, you make some decisions yes. about um, coaching or, or training. I mean, how did it come to be? Cause it's my understanding you were also uh, a coach in, in the CrossFit community as well. So tell us about that transition. Yeah. So actually, um, you know, my last season overseas when I decided to hang up my shoes, um, the year before I was on a really good team and we had won like three cups and I was just part of a really good program. Um, half of the season I couldn't play due to like um, ID, my like green card stuff for Portugal, my citizenship stuff. But anyways, when I switched teams, I would say it wasn't the best experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I came from a program in Europe that had just, or Portugal, I say, that just had really great coaching and our team dynamic was phenomenal and we were champions and it was just really cool. And then I go to this other team and the experience was the best. So anyways, I ended up getting injured um, and it was quite American. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) The nerve. I I know the nerve. Um, So anyways, I I ended up uh, carrying the ligaments in my knees and first huge injury I've ever really had. Um, in basketball so my body due to you know remember I only started playing in high school it lasted a long time like I didn't stop playing or practicing or trying to chase after that dream until I was about 27 28 Mm -hmm. so I played a long time you know um, due to that but anyways I got injured and it was an injury that it was just like I didn't feel the 
I was taken care of when I was injured and I needed to come home. Like I was like, it's time to come home. I need to let my knee heal, um, so forth and so forth. So I came home and when I came home, it was really interesting because I always knew I was, I was meant to coach, but when you're an athlete, you go through this incredible psychological, (laughs) um, I would say journey as to figuring out like, who you are like mm-hmm. you, it, and it's, you got to be careful as an athlete because you start to only identify as that you know what I'm saying so right. anyways I went through this whole like self-reflective phase and I and I healed through that process well during that process I, I didn't really know about CrossFit I was too busy training overseas and this was when CrossFit was still I don't want to say it's not unique but it was still it wasn't saturated it was still little gyms it was yeah. still you know, infancy stages you know, right yeah, yeah, yeah. And so one of my best friends, actually, um, from college, she was managing and, and coaching at a CrossFit gym. And so came back and, and her and I um, kind of healed my knee. It's, I, 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 we, we did our own therapy with my knee, right? Just because, you know, as an athletic trainer and like I did all these things like at, when I was um, in my off season in basketball. So um, anyways, so I started CrossFit actually at, uh, I started just coming in in random workouts. Like, she would just come in. I'd go in during like open gym or mm-hmm. whatever. And then they had like a little, a little competition. And they're like, you want to do? I was like, sure. I was a hot mess. You know, I was like, <laughs> I think anybody going in a CrossFit's like, a hot mess. Skinny, skinny little <laughs> basketball, like his skinny little basketball player that just like was hungry for competition. Like I loved being challenged. Yeah. I loved. And all the movements, I, I would imagine like some of the movements were new to you, correct? Oh, yeah, they were. Some of them were very like oh yeah because it's like jumping and you know yeah. a lot of power a lot of power movements explosiveness and conditioning right and I was really good at conditioning because I was very conditioned due to basketball so anyways started just going there and still trying to find my way so I actually was a uh, so you were a student I mean you were a student of CrossFit prior to becoming a coach um for a very short period of time because I had been building my experience like in my off season so like when you're an overseas player unless you are, you know, I don't know how to say this, super elite, you're not getting paid very much. So right. when, you're, when you're in your off season, like I was like here, like training, you know, back in the States, like training uh, full time, working two to three jobs. And so one would be like in the hospitality industry, just like serving, you mm-hmm. know, you know, cocktail service, all this stuff. And the other is like, I was a personal trainer. I was I was like trying to build my own, you know, businesses with boot camps and just, you know, trying to um, make your money, be waiting for that Gatorade sponsorship. Like I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, in the, in the grand scheme of things. And so I had gotten a job at 24 Fitness in Huntington beach to okay. run their entire training program there for their personal trainers. But I was just like, mm, I was just a little bit at the time kind of like bored with that. And so anyways, I went and got my CrossFit level one after I had been in CrossFit for a while. I'm like, okay, well, let me see what this is really about. Because she said, you won't regret it. She's like, my best friend said, you won't regret it. You need to go get your CrossFit level one. I'm like, okay. So, so um, your friend knew your friend knew the right prescription for you, knowing that your your personality and the competitiveness and yeah, great. Yeah. So I got sponsored to go get my level one because I mean, it's a very hefty investment, right? So anyways, so I got that. And then, my first gym was CrossFit Riot in Brea, California. They hired me after looking at my resume and just what I did and stuff. They hired me on the spot and my they wanted my goal was to be to transform their gym. And what I did. So I started falling in love with just 
it felt like when I was in a CrossFit gym, you know, I love, I love the, the team dynamic because right. that's, what, that's what I came from. I came from like, it was, it's awesome. It's, it's uh, encouraging. It's uplifting. It's hard work. It's grit. It's grind. Like I love that setting and I feel like I thrive mm-hmm. very well and, and getting people to overcome certain moments. And I just love that. So I was at CrossFit Riot. Then I started programming and then I started implementing strength programs for just female for just females and then um, things like that. So you started bringing That's some of the of knowledge that you had into the CrossFit space as well. Yes, because when you come from a strength and conditioning background, movements are the same. You know, um, like I, I would I wouldn't say like I studied gymnastics at all. At right. Because like, gymnastics were a hot mess when I first started. But the principles of correct movement patterns are, are the same. Yeah. You know? And so you just kind of taking what you know and then again continuing to be a sponge and just applying it yeah. it's really about applying it as a coach like you can have all the knowledge of the world but if you don't know how to apply it to somebody you're going to be in trouble right you know and you made a, a good point previously which is the community aspect and i feel that's something that certainly differentiates crossfit from a lot of other programs which is the community that it fosters i i find in my own personal experience there's a lot of just great people in the CrossFit community. And most of the time, these people are, are number one, investing a lot of time and money into their health and their body and all those things. But these are usually the same people that are also doing things outside of the CrossFit community to improve their lives. Yeah, I, um, I would say that CrossFit, it, what CrossFit did, so what Greg Glassman did was incredible just because he brought out, I mean, his principles and methods, right? And he just combined those principles and methods and he thrived off of a community aspect. And then it just trickled and, and his ideas sprinkled like, like a wildfire. And people love it because everybody wants to belong to something and they want to belong to something that is encouraging and is uplifting, but it's hard at the same time. And, right. and you know what, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I, that's what I love about it. And I love that it brings out opportunities for people to get better outside. So I remember cause when I was coaching at Ruination CrossFit, which is a very competitive gym. And um, I remember this one gentleman coming up to me so excited because he, and this is what I live for, right? So he, for the first time, he was trying to figure out, and he had been really unhealthy and just overweight for a long time and mm-hmm. his joints hurt and all this kind of stuff. And he came out to me and he just, he gave me the biggest hug. And I was like, what are we so excited for? And he's like, <laughs> I got to take my son surfing today and in my whole life. And he's probably in his late forties, early fifties. Like my whole life, I've always wanted to be able to get up and pop up on a board, but I've always been so overweight and like not confident to do it. And he's like, and I did it. And he was just so, wow. like, it was just like pure joy over his face of just this is why I come in and grind and this is why you know to be a better human outside of your gym because that's the reason that's the reason that it's there for you know um it's not only to be competitive it's not it's to make you a better human and it's to bring life back to your life and that's like what I absolutely love about coaching people and it doesn't have to be in a CrossFit gym it could really be anywhere but you do see a lot of that in like the the CrossFit community yeah. I, I really love that. And uh, obviously you're playing a key role in people's lives and, uh, and certainly the community as well. What I'd like to do is bring this forward a little bit because it's my understanding at some point you left California and, and to our listeners out there per your previous me- uh, mention about being in Texas, you, you made your way to Texas. Now, 
I, we're not sure how you got there. Maybe <laughs> I don't know if there's the uh, a trail you you took. This is <laughs> so how did you end up in Texas? I have a. It was interesting because I was not working. I mean, not working. I was working. I wasn't looking um, to be in Texas. I love California. I love California so much. But uh, this opportunity arose, and, and I am a faith. Uh, follower and I'm mm -hmm. also a risk taker mm -hmm. and I believe in you have to take risks not knowing what the result is going to be sometimes and this opportunity came up and it's actually not a CrossFit gym and I've been in CrossFit gyms now at this point for six years and I was currently managing um, a gym in Orange and so this opportunity came up um, to open up to actually cultivate this gym because what was happening in CrossFit is I was just I was going to gyms to help transform mm -hmm. and, and build it up, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't mine. It was almost like, you know, cleaning up the dirty work and then having to build it up, which is, which is fine. Cause I think that's how God created me to be, but I wanted to cultivate something that hasn't even been built yet. So they offered it to me and I prayed about it and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm moving to yeah. Texas. Texas, and, here we come. Um, here we come and I ended up here and I've been here for three and a half years now and it was not an easy trend. It was, and I've lived in, I've lived and I've traveled like young, you know, younger. And so in different environment changes aren't a big issue to me. Like I've been, you know, in poverty places, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff like that in my mission work, but transitioning from California to Texas for a permanent lifestyle was interesting and it was harder than what I thought. But that's how I came over here is I took a risk to cultivate and open up a gym out here. And that's how I that's how I came to Texas. But I didn't even come and visit here. I just prayed on it and took a risk. And I'm really glad that I didn't because if I didn't do that, I probably wouldn't have came to Katie. <laughs> so yeah. it's interesting how it works. And then I would have missed out on all of these lives that have been changed. So it's crazy when you take a risk of what can what can come of it. Absolutely. Now, now, how long do you think it took you to transition where you finally felt like a Texan? Or is that something that you still are going through today? That's a really great question, Eric. I, I don't know if I feel Texan yet, but I feel, well, okay, it's been kind of interesting since I've moved here. Um, because we, when I first moved here, I mean, coming from a drought state. So when I first moved here my first year, we had some nasty floods okay? okay, and everyone's like, Oh, it's not supposed to be like this. And then you're getting introduced to weather, which is like real you know, weather, like, not California weather. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not California weather. <laughs> you so know, what's so funny weird. about California is, uh, have you seen the memes that float the internet sometimes where we'll have a, a little storm here, a little rain. And then, uh, the next day there's a lawn chair blown over and it will say, you know, we will rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> with weather it is ridiculous but that's where I came from right so that's what I know I, I've known to be outside all the time I've right. known to be by the like at the beach and just sit like it didn't have to be this like huge ordeal it's like no I'm just gonna go sit at the beach and I'm just gonna you know enjoy life and just sit and like that's a happy day for me and be and look at the mountains and stuff like that and so that's a huge adjustment because it gets it, it's kind of miserable out here in the summers and and so not being able to go outside and, and not going everywhere, like any, many places close to like hike and, and do all that. So that was a hard adjustment because I was very claustrophobic and I yeah. felt very yeah, like, Yeah, that cabin oh. fever going on, right? Yes. 
Yes, and and it's so weird because the sun's always out, but it's interesting. It's like teasing so you. The, first, huh? <laughs> the sun is teasing you. <laughs> it really is. You look outside your window, you're like, it's a gorgeous day. You go out, it's like a blow dryer is just like smacks you in the face. You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was really hard to get used to. But And then the second year, so the first year we had that flood, which was bad. It was my first like huge flood experience. But then the second year was Harvey. And so oh, wow. There was Harvey. Yeah, yeah we all so, heard about that. Yeah, and so Harvey was really, really devastating. And But here's the, here's the beautiful part. I have never in my life been a part of a city that is the fourth largest city in the United States to come together as if we were one big neighborhood the way I did in Harvey. And it was so beautiful, Eric. I, I was like, I would live here. Just for that. Because, you know, because you... it's like, it was strong. Like I had never seen that before and I've never been a part of it. And it was like strangers just helping each even other after the, the water had like died down. It was just, it was, it was insane. Like the, I don't know the word for it, but it was like, you know, Houston you is very proud to be Houston. Yeah. And like, that's a beautiful thing. You know, what's interesting about that point that you just made, I was speaking with somebody not too long ago about the, a similar thing that I felt, but it goes back to September 11th. And I made this point that it was probably the first and the last time that I had truly felt connected to every citizen within the country on a level that you don't generally experience uh, when there's no significant tragedy occurring. And it's just unfortunate, right, that it takes tragedy to bring people together. Uh, but at, to your point, it's it was a beautiful thing, right? I mean, the fact that it does bring people together is great. And hopefully there's some, con, you know, um, hopefully that trend continues uh, thereafter. You know, um, I totally agree. But it's, it's interesting because any sort of strategy makes us like reflect and be grateful, which is so unfortunate. But like, think of it like when there's a death uh, right. that's someone close to you, you start reflecting on life. Like, oh, I need to do this. I, like, you start reflecting, and, and like, you have this almost like motivated motivation, like right. drive to be better, right, with the time that you have left. And then it kind of, if, if you allow for it, it like trickles away, right? Yep. And anywho, being a part of that was great. And then after that, we like Houston won the World Series. And so it was just like this collection of events where just Houston was just like so Sounds, proud of yeah. to be Houston. Yeah, Houston proud. So, yes. so you are yes. you are part of that now. You're part of that community and that's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. So um, I would just say that Houston is a melting pot. and. Okay. And I think that's why, I mean, people are so accepting of each other. I mean, you have your, you know, every city has it, but it's just a really cool niche of people. And it just seems to be that people are very, um, they're just like neighbors, no matter where you're at, even if they don't live next door, it's a very neighborhood feel, I would say. And people, they talk to each other all the time. They smile at each other like strangers. They say, hello, how are you? And there's no, there's no agenda behind it. You know, you can walk you know, in the store and you just, Hey, how are you doing? Just you know, and genuineness, you, just you know, just a genuine yeah. acknowledgement of another human being. And I really, really, really like that. So, I love that. So I want to take us yeah. forward because it's my understanding that you're starting a new, a, yet another path, another adventure <laughs> for yourself this time around some online coaching and something to that effect. Maybe you can share with us what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. So I, have been coaching people now for 15 years and 
that is a long time to be in uh, gyms and truly um, running other people's business. I wouldn't say running entirely, but just being a, a huge impact in other people's business. And I, I'm now in a season in my life where I really, truly want to impact a lot of people. And I have people reach out to me a lot saying, oh, I wish you lived here so that we can train together. Oh, I wish you lived here so you can coach me. Oh, I w-, you know, just mm-hmm. reaching out and stuff like that. And I have this huge desire to build a platform to empower women, but on a, on a lot of levels, like mentally, physically, and spiritually. It's not just like fitness. It's never been just fitness to me. It's always been broader than that. My love for sports psychology is going to be intertwined with this online coaching um, because I think the mind is just so the powerful. Mind is so Everything starts in the mind, right? Everything. In the mind. And I'm in love with it. You know, I, I, I just love to seek out the why and find solutions and change people's patterns and, and like understand why they're thinking that way and why, why, why is it so hard for them to not to like follow a meal plan? Why is it so hard for them to um, like not have outbursts of anger or confidence issues or body image or everything is surrounded by the mind and what we experience. And it's my job to figure that out and help people find that and become more whole human beings. Like instead of, you know, them seeking out all these materialistic things to fill all of these empty voids that can just totally be fixed. And so Online coaching was the, is, the, is the answer, and so I'm kind of building my business online with that. And I mean, yes, helping people uh, feel confident in their body and dropping body fat, per, and it really just depends on what their goals are, right? But overall, is creating a happier human. I've always loved doing that, and and to be, to be able to call it mine, I think is something that um, I'm ready for, and something that is also risky. I think I'm in a season in my life too where. Um, I've been at the gym I was at for three and a half years and truly like running the entire business, but it's not mine. And, um, but I don't think I'm ready to have a gym on the floor. What I mean is like, you know, I don't know if this is where I'm meant to be. And, um, so in the online way is for me, is for me to go, I can reach, you know, nowadays you can reach anybody. Well, the technology is, the technology is phenomenal nowadays, right? Right? We have so many ways to connect ways to connect and so that's what I'm doing now and, and so I'm building my building that and um right now actually and now are you building. are you going through the process of learning the tech and doing this yourself or are you partnering with somebody locally that's helping you with some of the tech uh how's that uh, working I'm for you through, yeah I'm actually um going through a school like think of it like a um real estate you know when a realtor needs to go through real estate schooling yeah. and they invest and all of that, they're like investing in their business. So that's what I'm going through right now. Um, so you don't partner with anybody; you just pay like a tuition and then um, learn the skills that you need. Build, build it organically, and you know you can have a thriving business from there. So it's really phenomenal, um, and it's scary too because I my I thrive off of building relationships, and so the challenge is going to be phenomenal to be able to get strangers, not people that really know me, but strangers to know your worth as a coach, you know, online and know that you're going to pour into them because there's a lot of fitness gurus out there. Like there's a lot, but to be able to take my authenticity and sprinkle it and get somebody to want to 
hang on to that and change their life, like that is my goal. Yeah, and I, and I like the fact that you mentioned this earlier that you really focus on sort of three pillars, you know, mental, physical, and spiritual, right? So whereas I think that some people just tend to focus on, you know, meal plan or competition prep or just the physical aspect. And I think that your approach and is very holistic. And I think that's the type of stuff that really resonates with people. Absolutely. And, you know, mental health is it's near and dear to my heart in so many ways, not just because I love it, but it's because it was it was a struggle of mine growing up due to my mom having mental illness. And I was taken away from her due to her mental illness. And mm-hmm. I was taken away from her at a very young age. And I don't really know where she's at anymore. I just know she's owned by the state of California. That's all I really know. But she's so medicated. She's just gone. You know, now she's just kind of, you know, so I fell in love with the psyche of the mind for a very long time. And then to be able to intertwine it. And then I realized how powerful mental health was as I was getting older in, in the sense of it doesn't have to be an illness, but if you don't take care of your mental health, it can trickle down into some serious rabbit holes, you know? And so sometimes we focus so much on the physical that I'm like, no, 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 no. You can cover up and mask a lot of stuff that you're going through. And that, that means like you got, like mental health is, should be like a number one priority because it will, it will rise to the top at some point in your life. Like think about something that you struggle with that is a, like a direct connection to either something you battled with as a child. What It doesn't matter what it is. Like mental health, it just is it's in huge. every single aspect, right? It's, it's huge. huge. And, and, there's, and I feel there's a relationship between the physical and the mental side for sure. Because, I mean, yeah. think about it nowadays, especially in the internet generation where, you know, take Instagram specifically, there is such a deep desire for people to want to feel loved and accepted and admired and through a lot of the content that they share and it's all driven based upon this endorphin this like you know this comment that really feels either a very healthy or negative response uh to to you know their behavior online absolutely and you know i'm i'm really uh intrigued by like patterns and behavior and our identity and all of all of those three like we need an awareness and so I think with the whole, you know, I think the technology and social media now is, it's a beautiful thing until it's abused, right? And I, right. I think we always like sit on that line of abusing it because we only identify ourselves with what our social media status is or what, and, and it's very yep. powerful because it's really sad, you know, and, um, you know, the platforms are trying people- to make some adjustments. I'm not sure if you're aware, but for example, I know that uh, Facebook, Instagram is doing some pilots right now where they're actually removing the like information. So for example, let's say we're following each other. I could see the number of likes I received on a photo, but you couldn't see how many likes that photo I posted got because they're starting to um, figure out, you know, what's the relationship with the mental health component side of things and that healthy, the healthy balance, right? Because they're starting, I think, to recognize that to your point that there's just some unhealthy, it's great, but until it's not great, right? So they're trying to solve that. That's awesome. That That's beautiful because I really think that 
people are so uh, thriving off of acceptance in yeah. such a wrong way. And, well, they look at and, their whole know, identity that way, right? They sort of look at, yeah. well, I only have a thousand followers. Nobody likes me. And therefore, you know, they, they take this in the real world and they start to feel bad about themselves and they start to compare yeah. themselves against others. And I know that's something that happens on the physical side. So it's really interesting to me that, you know, you have a passion in both of these categories because I think that you're the perfect fit to be able to articulate, you know, the, the healthy physical component, but also, also the healthy mindset of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I, uh, well, thank you. Thank you for that. And I'm really, I'm really excited for what is in store and just who I can connect with. And just, if I, you know, if I, if my video of either a, a word that I have or encouragement or just tough love because I'm all about tough love I think I think this world today sugarcoats a lot of stuff and I think the world needs a little bit more accountability and a little bit more uh realistic uh way of doing something and you know to attack like identity and patterns and awareness instead of just making it seem like everything is okay and do do you boo-boo and like (laughs) do you boo-boo I like that do you boo boo it and do what makes you happy? Because sometimes do you boo boo and what makes you happy is not the right move for us because we're so driven off of our uncontrollable emotions. Yeah. And so, you know what I'm saying? If I can give people a different perspective and if one, my one video is gives one person a different perspective than it did what it was supposed to do. Well, I'm very, yeah. And and I'm very excited for it. I think it's wonderful. And it's certainly timely that after, you know, 15 plus years of coaching and really even before that, going back even younger, that you're now taking all this sort of accumulation of experiences and your passion. And now you're doing something for yourself. I think that's wonderful. And I, I wish you the best on that journey. And the fact that you're also learning to do this yourself it is wonderful. It reminds me of what I read on your Instagram, which was mold into the better you. And I think that uh, it speaks to that point. Yeah. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate that. I've, I just, you know, everyone has struggles in different seasons of their life. They really, really do. It's, it's when we get stuck in a season for years and that's, that's when it becomes a real problem, you know? Um, And I've had my share of struggles, you know, I've had my, I've had my share of mistakes. I've, I've had my feelings of, you know, depression and I've had my feelings of just not feeling good enough and, and getting into wrong relationships because of it and making some really silly mistakes because I didn't understand self-worth and, and all of that. And so to be able to help people with that is, is just, it's, it's, it's almost like my way to give back. So I'm really excited for what is in store. So I love it. With that said, I want to wrap it up with a few questions that I'd like to ask all my guests. And the first sure. one, the first one being, and this is perfect since you, you love to travel uh, clearly from your, from your story, but if you could only travel to one more place in the world, where would it be and why? Oh my gosh. I love to travel. That's so hard. Um, Any particular country come to mind? Well, yeah, I have three that are tied. This is just hard. So um, Santorini, Greece has been on my list for so long. Um, Why? Because it is a culture that I am not familiar with. It is absolutely beautiful with the architecture and the water. And it's just stunning to me. Every time I see pictures, my jaw, like, 
drops. And so I think that's a place that if I can travel to one more place, I think I would be happy if I went to Santorini, Greece. Next question. What is your favorite book and why? I read so much. This is going to sound really cliche, but um, I would say the Bible. <laughs> and people can have their, you know, their ideas on it, but here's why. The Bible from front to back gives you every single life lesson you need. <laughs> um, and it has so much truth to it. And I love it because that book challenges me. It makes mm-hmm. me reflect. And so that's what I value the most of. And you see a lot of leaders and stuff of the, like, you know, in the 1% leaders, Mm -hmm. they pull everything that they have from the word, from the Bible. And so that book is scary. It's truthful. um, And it makes me reflect and it just holds me. It keeps me grounded. Is that, that book. Excellent. Next question. What's the last random act of kindness that you did for another individual and how to make you feel? Act. Oh, uh, recently, last week, last week, there were these people moving into my new to my new apartment complex, and it was just hot as heck outside. And I just happened to like drive up, and I was like dropping my groceries off, and I uh, just went down there to help them unload so it'd be quicker because it was so miserable outside. <laughs> so I That's just helped them. Very nice of you. How to make me feel? Um, it made me just feel. It was, I mean, it was a good feeling, but I was just like, they must be miserable. And I don't like people being in, mis- in like that misery feeling. So I just felt good to be able to help them. Like they were very, very grateful. But I think, I mean, kindness needs to come just naturally, you know? Right. Well, that was very thoughtful <laughs> yeah. of you. Last question. Thanks. Where can people find you online, Michelle? Uh, they can find me on Instagram. They can find me on uh, Facebook or my email. I mean, if you type in Michelle Moscato, I am the only Michelle Moscato in this world, which is awesome because I've Googled it and I've like Facebooked it. I'm the only Michelle Moscato. Um, and the same thing with Instagram, but you have to spell my last name correctly, which is M A S C O T O because most people spell the wine. Um, so make sure you have the A and the O correctly. And then my email is Michelle Moscato at gmail.com. An audience of one. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Audience I of love one. it. Well, Michelle, I want to thank you very much for your time today. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. And I, I think that some of our, our people out here listening are going to find some great inspiration in your journey. And uh, for many, it's just going to uh, ignite a passion to get into the gym or take a walk and be mindful of not only the physical, but the mental side. So thank you so much for your time. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate everything that you're doing on this podcast. It's a beautiful thing to see.